Welcome to Grace Community Church. My name is Christine. It is so good to see all of you today. You picked a great day to be at Grace Community Church. I mean, every day is a great day to be here, but today is especially fun because it is Celebration Sunday. There's so much to celebrate. God is on the move. God is on the move here. God is on the move in this community. And we're so excited to be a part of that. So before we start, I'm so embarrassed, I just put a piece of gum in my mouth. If this thing goes flying, please forgive me. Anyway, before we start, I have a couple of announcements. First off, men, make sure you look at the bulletin today. There is an insert about men's retreat. I have no idea what happens at men's retreat, but I know it's got to be great. Any guy is invited. So if you're interested, go see the guys out on the patio today. This happens already on October 21, so it's just around the corner. And I know there's a very special speaker um, that's coming. You'll see information about him on the insert. So take time to look over that. Um, also, we've been doing the Milk for Change campaign for the new building. Uh, that's coming to an official close. Although if you still have change, please feel free to bring it to the cafe. Thank you so much for your participation in that. I don't know the final figure, but I believe over $10,000 has come in from coins that are laying around our houses. That is pretty impressive and amazing. So thank you for getting involved in that. And if you're new this morning, I wanna take this opportunity to welcome you. If you could just raise your hand, we have a packet of information for you, and in the back is a communication card. If you could just fill that out and place it in the offering plate, that just lets us know how we can serve you, and we're so thankful that you're here with us today. Now I'd like to invite Pastor John. Thank you, Christine. Good morning. Good to see you all. This morning, oh, there we this is this is this is the very person I wanted to focus our attention on for just a moment. This is Kathleen Punt. Kathleen has led our children's ministry for over 15 years here at Grace. February 14th of this year was her 15th anniversary. Yes, 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 yes. And and Kathleen was an was is and remains an answer to prayer. No one has a bigger heart and a greater commitment to our children and to seeing them grow in the knowledge and love of the Lord than Kathleen. And so it's a, just a big yay God, yay Kathleen for 15 years of ministry and Christine this month, 12 years here at Grace. So yeah, let's uh, give him a standing ovation. Yeah. It's worth it. Thank you. 15 years. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. I just wanted to share a, a quote and maybe just a word about these quotes that I share each week as I'm reading various things. Um, I share them because they, they kind of jump out of the page at me and I feel like the Lord is encouraging my heart, but I'll always include scriptures underneath those because that's what gives the authority to those quotes, not the name of the author, but the fact that they come out of the scriptures and they sometimes cause me to look at the scriptures in a new way or, or understand them through a different filter that helps. And uh, this is from Dallas Willard. He writes this, the basic teaching about God in the Old Testament all of the Old Testament 
is number one, his dominion over all creation forever and his immediate presence to all who call upon him. All of the Old Testament can be seen through those two uh, pieces. And he is the lion who has ultimate power and sovereignty over all creation, the lion, the king, if you will. And at the same time, he is the lamb who surrenders his life in order that we might know him. And so this tension between this incredible sovereignty and this heart who wants to know us personally. If you could stand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry.
can be seated. Good morning. On your right is Kevin and Tracy Candidate and Carolyn and Rose Patricia. And on your left is Jared and Amanda Aldridge and little Alexander Brent. They brought their children to dedicate them to the Lord, and I don't think there's anything more precious than that. Let me read to us from the Gospel of Mark the words of Jesus. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands upon them. How powerful and promising it is to see you dedicate your children to the Lord and to dedicate yourselves to rearing them in the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ. This is precious in his sight. Before God, little has changed since Hannah and Elkanah dedicated little Samuel and Mary and Joseph dedicated Jesus. When parents present a child to the Lord, they dedicate not only the child, they dedicate themselves. And today, you dedicate your children to God. You dedicate yourselves also to maintaining a home where Jesus Christ is honored and God's word is treasured. By bringing Kara and Rose and by bringing Alexander before the Lord, we join you in praying that God's richest blessings may accompany you as you seek to raise them in Christ-likeness, that they might grow even as Jesus did in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all. Of course, recognizing the dignity and responsibility of parents and of your dependence upon God to help for strength and wisdom to fulfill your duties as parents, do you now present Kara and Rose, and do you present Alexander in dedication to God, and do you solemnly covenant to strive by precept and example and by vital association with God's people, the church, to train your children to love God and Jesus Christ? If so, say, we do. Having dedicated Kara and Rose and Alexander to God, do you consecrate yourselves to Christ? And in the spirit of this covenant to inspire Christ-likeness in your home and the rearing of your children, if so, say, we do. Having heard these vows and sacred assurances, 
as a minister of Christ, I joyously and uh, with earnest prayer, because I'm a grandfather now, commend your children to the gracious keeping of God, our Heavenly Father. I think Kara might, Rose might, Alexander might, but often our kids don't remember this day. So remind them often that you have dedicated them to the Lord. I never remembered my dedication, but my mom reminded me often, and it was a guiding light deep in my heart that my parents thought that much of me that they should dedicate me unto the Lord our God. Will you stand with me and join me in praying for these parents and their children? Heavenly Father, it is with great joy and thanksgiving that we offer ourselves to you, give, we pray, strength and wisdom, love and joy to these moms and dads that they might gain all the blessings that you desire them to have in the rearing and the raising of their children. Guide them with your strong and loving hand and grant those of us who are friends, uh, grandparents, family, those divine moments that we might have to encourage them in godliness. Help us all to be good and alert trustees of your children. They are precious in your sight. And it is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life.
song that you just sang, uh, all that you just sang about is illustrated by baptism. I'd like to read to you about Jesus' baptism. Five people will be baptized today in the two services. Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 13, says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Our Lord Jesus was baptized himself and said, let it be so now to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus established baptism as a way for his people to proclaim that they believe in him and to make it known that they will follow him and serve him all the rest of the days of their lives. This is the way we identify with our Lord and with his work. And through baptism by immersion, you see symbolized death, burial, and resurrection to a new life. Good morning. Good morning. May I introduce to you Justin Canaday. Good morning, Justin. Can you say hi to everybody? Hi. <laughs> Justin, when did you give your life to the Lord? I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven in Awana with Cody Goswick. Okay. Um, you remember that well, don't you? Yes. And why are you being baptized today? I'm being baptized today because I feel like I know the Lord pretty well, so I'm doing what he tells us to do. Okay, very good. <laughs> Justin, you've given your life to Jesus, yes? Yes. Justin, do you promise that you will serve him all the rest of the days of your life, no matter what should come your way? Yes. Upon this, your profession of faith, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Good job, young man.
May I introduce to you Karen Belt. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. Karen, when did you give your life to the Lord? Well, I grew up in the church, and um, I accepted Christ as my Savior at a young age, uh -huh. and I've been following Him ever since. Okay. And Karen, I know this is a big step for you. Why are you being baptized today? Well, I was baptized as an infant, but I've come to understand that I need to be baptized as a believer. Okay. Uh -huh. Karen, you've given your life to Jesus, yes? Yes. Karen, do you promise that all the rest of the days of your life you will serve and follow the Lord no matter what should come your way? I do, yes. As a believer, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There's always water. If you haven't been baptized, why not? Let's continue to worship together. Oh, good. I did that without knocking anything over. <laughs> Sweet to watch baptisms, isn't it? I remember my baptism, 1994, in the foyer just outside the student center. And each time I see baptisms in here, I'm reminded of that day and the excitement I felt. Do you remember the day you were baptized? Do you remember that feeling, that energy and excitement? That energy and excitement wasn't in the water, but rather in the act of obedience. Can I challenge you this morning to remember the public profession of your faith, to remember obedience. As we go to prayer, will you join with me? Father, thank you for these brothers and sisters who will be baptized today and who honor you obediently in doing this. <clears throat> thank you for those who have obediently gathered here to worship you. Thank you for the truth of your holy scriptures and the presence of your Holy Spirit. Lord, help these acts of obedience mean something. Give us strength to share your word with neighbors, classmates, or co-workers. Make us brave to stand for you in our community and in our world. God, we pray this morning for our future as a church family. We ask that you would continue to bless our building project. God, I believe that you cast that vision to our leaders approximately 20 years ago and since have used so many in our congregation to carry out that vision. For those who have worked, prayed, and invested so much, each have participated in your vision for our church. Lord, we pray for rain in our valley, sustaining rain, rain that would provide for the needs of so many. And we pray for snow in our mountains, that we as believers in you would use the miracle of your provision to bring you glory. We pray for those in our church family that are hurting or have suffered loss. God, help us to better love each other that the world would know that we identify with you, that we, like those who were baptized this morning, are citizens of your kingdom. Tithing too, Lord, is an act of obedience. As we are faithful to you in our tithe, I pray that you would bless and use it to accomplish your will in our church and community. In Jesus' name, amen.
My name is Katie Spaulding. Over the past few years, I have been dealing with an unexplained medical illness. During this time, God has been teaching me to slow down and focus on Him. I took an illness that prevented me from physically being able to do the things I was used to doing to learn this lesson. Now you have to know I'm a stubborn, hard-headed, self-reliant girl, so it takes a lot for me to learn things. For a period of six months this past year, I had a lot of situations thrown at me that changed how I was used to living. These six months coincided with the busiest time of year at work for me, which required me to work more than 40 hours per week. With about 24 hours notice, I became a single working caretaker to the cutest three boys, ages nine and one-year-old twins, you've ever met. My dad had a fall that landed him in the hospital for a few days. I was personally named in a lawsuit at work for something that wasn't even under my authority. I moved, my grandmother passed away, my dad had a quadruple bypass surgery. I lost my primary babysitter at the last minute due to the family emergencies that I mentioned, and a case of the stomach flu that hit the three boys at the exact same time. God used this time to teach me a few lessons that I'd been resisting for a while. He taught me to rely on him as I didn't have enough energy on my own to make it through the day. I always had just enough strength to make it to bedtime, even though my sleep was drastically reduced and fatigue is one of the medical issues I've been dealing with. God also provided me with friends who would bring me dinners, just come hang out at the house, and most importantly, pray. He put friends in my life who had been through similar situations, friends who could help me through the legalities of things, and friends who would cover for me while I worked things out and when things came up. He even gave me a boss who was willing to work with my crazy schedule and was forgiving when I was a little behind in my work which if you knew my boss is a huge thing. Each time I needed something, God would provide just in time. There were times that God provided people to meet a need whom I would have never thought to call on my own. I had to ask for help quite a bit, and I was not a person that liked asking for help, especially from people that I wasn't really good friends with. Asking for help was often the way that God was providing for me. God was providing the need, but he required me to make an effort and ask for help. God taught me asking for and accepting help is not a sign of weakness. He taught me not to sweat the little things and to look for the good in each day. Now, I'm not saying this time was easy for me, as there were quite a few tears shed over those months. In fact, I remember one time I was giving the twins a bath, and I started crying out, tears and all, to God, asking him how many more lessons he could possibly send my way. But God knew exactly what I needed, and he provided. It might ha not have always been what I wanted, but it was what I needed. I had to learn to focus on His plans and not the plans I had for my life. During this time, God also helped me to restore my relationship with several family members. And when the time came to return the boys to their home, I had to learn to truly trust that everything was in God's hands. Now, there were many songs and verses that I clung to during this time. However, one verse became the one that I would remember each day as a friend had given me 
a red sparrow figurine with Matthew 26 written on the bottom of it. Now I'm going to back up and read you Matthew 25 through 27. Matthew 6, 25 through 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It is not life more important than food, and body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? This bird sat on my kitchen sink as a daily reminder of the, uh, the verse to think about. Now looking back, I can see where he was preparing me even several years ago for this period of time. I will admit now that I am a little scared of what God has in mind for my future if this period was preparation for something else. <laughs> However, I know that whatever it is, God will be there and with me through it all. work this morning. <laughs> Do we come back to it? Hard to say. Okay, we'll work on that. Yeah. That wave just wanted but couldn't come in. George Hudson and his wife, Peg. Peg, will you stand just real quick? They've been a part of Grace Community Church 24 years, and I thought I had been here a while. Uh, over two, two years ago, the Lord called George to a full-time Christian ministry, and he's been in school, and he's been serving at Park Visalia Assisted Living. And in the process, planting a church there called Fellowship of Faith. Tim and I, Tim, Pastor Tim Allen, and I have been working with uh, George the last couple of years. And uh, at, a, at our elders meeting, April 12th of this year, George was licensed to perform with all attendant privileges the responsibilities of the gospel ministry pertaining to the duties of a pastor under the auspices of Grace Community Church. We're very proud of what God is doing in George's life in and through George's service to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the gospel. So a big yay, George, <laughs> and a big yay, God. George? Thank you. Uh, Pastor John asked me to uh, share a little bit about what the Lord's been doing. Wow, this is a big congregation. I normally have about 20, and you're very young. 
<laughs> but my, my wife Peg and I have been members of Grace Community Church for around 20 years. He said 24. I'm glad he has an accurate number. Our son Jonathan and his wife Amanda also attend here with their two children. Uh, for most of that time, I was not actively involved in church. Other than attending services on Sunday morning, I was satisfied to come to church on Sundays and go home. In fact, there came a time when I told my wife I was not going to come to church anymore. I wasn't getting very much out of it, and I often fell asleep, and she can tell you about that. Well, that's not the situation anymore. About five years ago, Kathleen Punt announced from the pulpit the need for more help with children's ministries. I began assisting with Awanas on Wednesday night and then with Golden Oak After School Program. Peg told me later that I always came home with a smile and a story to tell. And then three and a half years ago, as the pastor was sharing, Peg and I began leading services at the Park Visalia Assisted Living where my mom and dad were living at the time. My mom, who soon will be 89, is here with me today. Uh, six people were in that service. Three were asleep, <laughs> including my dad. <laughs> I leaned over and told Peg, this is not encouraging. <laughs> well, dad passed away a year and a half ago, and mom has since moved back to her own home. However, Peg and I are still ministering there. And mom considers Park Visalia her home church. Our group of six has grown to 13 to 20 every Sunday. And God is blessing us each week as we sing and study his word together. Sometime after we began leading the church services, I came to realize that God was calling me to a deeper walk with him and into the ministry. I called Pastor John to discuss it with him. I really didn't know how that was going to be re uh, received because I was 63 years old at the time. Aren't I a little bit old to be beginning into the ministry? But Pastor John took me seriously. He prayed with me and encouraged me to study God's word and to be diligent about it. At this time, I, I am close to finishing the second year of a three-year program at the SoCal School of Ministry. And, and as he said, back in April, uh, Grace Community Church officially licensed me as a minister of the gospel. Uh, that was a, amazing. Pastor John has been meeting with me each month to discuss my studies and to educate me on the practical aspects of ministry and to impart a deeper understanding of God's word. I shared with my wife an hour or two in the pastor's office is like getting an extra college course for free. Along with this, at different times, each member of the ministerial staff here at Grace Community Church has given of their time personally to me when I've needed it. In conclusion, it's not too late to get on board and start serving God. If you believe that God is speaking to you about getting involved, I encourage you to do it. Bring your thoughts and your ideas to the ministers here at Grace. You will be taken seriously and you'll receive guidance on how to proceed. But when you do, hang on tight. God has something extraordinary in store for you, and it will be the adventure of a lifetime, and you will come away with a smile and a story to tell. Thank you. I think you will find out as a church, we are very committed to training and 
to furthering the gospel. Grace Community Church is doing something that to my knowledge, no other church in our area is doing. We have an intern ministry that is dedicated to training of interns for vocational gospel ministry. To date, 10 interns have entered the, this ministry and eight of the 10 have been placed into ministry. Four on our staff, Don Shelton, Michael Lopes, Stephen Elliott, and Jared Irvine. Three as pastors in other churches, and then we have one who is in a high position at a national youth ministry. And then one is using her skills and things she learned here and seeking a ministry position in Scotland. So we're excited about that. On June 13th of this year, our elder board unanimously approved Landon Mullen as our 11th intern. It is my pleasure to introduce him to you. Landon, his training has begun in satellite ministry, working directly with Pastor Corey Ogborn. And in our intern ministry, he will receive a wide range of experience and training that will prepare him for wherever the Lord may choose to take him in ministry. So I'm going to let Landon tell you a little bit about him and his family. Welcome. Well, good morning to my Grace Community family. You probably remember me as the, the guy who kind of awkwardly came up here and took the pulpit down earlier this service. And I didn't knock down the plant, which was great. I think I was more nervous about that than I was for this. Um, so good morning. As uh, Pastor Tim had said, um, I was accepted as Grace's new intern about three months ago, I think it's been now, and um, I will be serving in the college and careers ministry, and so it's been a great privilege to be able to serve in that ministry so far, and I'm so excited about it. A little bit about myself, I've been attending Grace now for about six years. My family moved here about eight years ago uh, from Northern California. And I was saved, and I've been a believer in Jesus Christ since I was about eight years old. I accepted uh, Jesus after I watched the Left Behind movie, and I ran up to my mom and said, Mom, I, I, uh, I need to know Jesus, or you're all going to leave me behind. And I, I was scared, scared to death. Um, but it's amazing how the Lord works through things like that. And um, my last two years of high school is when the Lord began to work powerfully in my life, and I began to genuinely love Him. And so when I graduated, I decided to commit my next two years at Calvary Chapel Bible College and to grow in my knowledge of the Lord and to strengthen my relationship with Him. And through that, through that time at Bible College, I felt the calling to ministry, and it was a strong, strong calling from the Lord, and so uh, I began to pray about this internship opportunity and decided to come back home and to serve here at, at Grace. And so uh, I'm excited, I'm excited to serve the Lord here and I'm excited to serve all of you. There's a handful of you that I don't know and so I'm excited to get to know you all. So thank you very much. And don't take off. And, and you're engaged. I am. Would you like to introduce your fiance, and if you wouldn't, do it anyways? I would love to. <laughs> would you be able to stand up? This is Allie, my new fiance. <laughs> and now I'm going to ask Landon and George to come down front here, 
elders and deacons and pastoral staff are going to come up. I'll ask you to make your way up here quickly. We're going to lay hands on them, and um, Pastor John will lead the prayer while we uh, lay hands on them and agree with him in prayer. Today, I spent some time yesterday composing this prayer, and I want you to know that because I can't remember it without looking at my notes, but it really comes from my heart, and I took a lot of time to put these words together. So will you stand with me as we pray together for these, these men? Lord, we, your people, your church, publicly confirm your call upon the lives of Landon Mullen and George Hudson to your service and to your ministry. Guard their hearts, secure their strength, and steal their devotion to you and you alone in the service of your people the calling of your gospel, and the high honor of magnifying your name before all. We submit them to you and acknowledge them with the laying on of hands and our intercession that you bless the duration of their ministry and their lives. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus our Lord and our dear Savior. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated.
On September 30th, if my math is right, was Thursday, Friday. <laughs> there was a time I would have been mortified, <laughs> but I live in a mortified state, so <laughs> I'm never surprised anymore. Friday, September 30th, you may not have known this, but it was um, <clears throat> the feast of Jerome. Do you know about Jerome? Not. <laughs> Jerome is talked about as the patron saint of scribes, books, libraries. He was a monk. He translated the entire Bible from Hebrew and Greek into, into Latin, and that was known as the Vulgate, which was the Bible of the world for many, many years. Jerome, as a monk, um, went to Palestine, and uh, he helped people in need, and he lived a very frugal, uh, poor life in order to serve and help others. And with him in mind, I happened to be reading some of his letters, and I was thinking about the bread in the cup. There's a saying that is altogether true and quite familiar, Christ plus nothing equals everything. Christ plus nothing equals everything. In one of his letters that I was reading on Friday from 374, A.D. 374, that's a long time ago, he wrote, the person is abundantly rich who is poor with Christ. Sounds familiar. Christ plus nothing equals everything. And in the same letter he wrote, a perfect servant of Christ has nothing beside Christ. A perfect servant of Christ has nothing beside Christ. As we prepare our hearts to receive the bread and the cup, the bread and the cup represented Christ alone. Christ alone. His life, which was shed, which was given for you and for me. And the cup, what he won for us, what he achieved for us. We call it salvation, deliverance, freedom, hope, an inheritance, new life, that's represented in the cup. The cup representing a new relationship with God, a new covenant through Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment to prepare our hearts, and then I'll lead us in observance of Jesus alone.
Heavenly Father, the silence is sweet when it is filled with thoughts of you, your Son, Jesus Christ, your Spirit here in our midst, moving in our lives, with bread and cup before us, we shed all the trappings of this world. We remember our true nature and Savior. We thank you for Jesus Christ, and it is in his name we pray. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and said, this is my body, which is for you. same way after supper, the cup also, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood.
All of you drink it. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, if you will, pass the cups toward the center. These men are going to pick them up for us. I'm not going to say a thing about their advanced training. I want to remind you that at the close of the service, we have the opportunity to give to the Deacons Fund. It is devoted to helping people in the name and love of Jesus Christ. If you're able to give and give generously, we invite you to do that. We help those who come from outside our church family and within our church family. And it is as the church family in the name of Christ that we do this. And so uh, we praise the Lord for that ministry. And if you're able to give, we invite you to do that. Now, Pastor Tim Allen. If you are here to receive the right hand of fellowship, you've gone through our membership process. And um, I'd ask you to come forward at this time and line up on both sides of the, the podium or the pulpit. Um, I also, um, you know, we are fallible people, we make mistakes, and I'm a little bit embarrassed that when I had Landon, I saw his fiance, I neglected to realize that his family was here, and so I want to recognize Stephen and Jennifer Manji, which is his parents, and his siblings are here, one's up front. Would you guys stand so people can see who you are? I apologize for missing you. <clears throat> Galatians 2.9 says, James, Peter, and John, those reputed to be pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. The right hand of fellowship is the last step in our membership process. And um, I am going to uh, introduce these folks to you. And Pastor John will give them the right hand of fellowship as I recognize them, and then we will pray for them, and then at the end of the service, I will ask you to come up and start where Pastor John is at and make a line and welcome these folks as well. Um, let me introduce to you um, Bob and J.J. Thomas. I, I just saw her. She was hiding from me, and Christy, whose husband is out of the state right now, I believe she's taking the right hand of fellowship for them. Uh, who else do I have there? <laughs> Phil Barker. Who am I missing? John and Christy Caesar? No? <laughs> Aren't we glad? Aren't we glad that, that Jesus died on the cross for us? <laughs> Brad and Betsy Robb. Asa and Karen Belt, Chris and Tricia Button, Don Washer, would you welcome them as I turn red?
and Amanda Manji. John. Did you welcome her? Yeah. Is, is the air on in here? I want you to know this isn't easy, okay, just for the record. <laughs> Would you stand and let's pray, please? Well, Father, even though, even as I make mistakes, we are aware of the fact that you cover our mistakes. You died on the cross for our sins, and we are grateful for that. Father, I do pray for these folks who have gone through the process of joining this church and are publicly standing here in front of you to say that they want to serve you here as a part of this family at Grace Community Church. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them, and I pray that you would use them, and I pray that you would give them great grace as they labor in a world that fights against us all the time. Bless them, Lord. Bless us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.